Andy Locke Mears is with us, and she's got quite a storied history to get to this point. We were talking about her fitness regime. She could probably kick my butt in the martial arts. She's awesome, and she's been at it for so, so long. Make sure your microphone's on there, Andy, as we bring you into the mix here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah I can hear you great. Wonderful. And, and and I'm excited to to learn about the things. I'm just going to say this. My, my good friend, Dr. Carolyn Dean, medical doctor, naturopath, homeopath, has always been talking about German new medicine. Yeah. And I'm thinking... I love the concepts of it when we talk about it at the same time. Is it only for Germans? Is it only taught in German? I mean, these are the things you ask because homeopathy is comes out of German roots too. Is it related? So set the stage for this thing called German new medicine or Germanic healing methods. Good. Yeah. Perfect questions. Truly. So to really understand this, we go back to the beginning of how is it even discovered? It's not like homeopathy. Well, even though, what is it about the water in Germany that all these things are coming out of Germany, right? That's what I kind of wonder. What are they drinking over there? So I'm going to go to a story to kind of set the stage here. And the story goes back about 30 years with a physician, a regularly trained physician, whose name was Dr. Reiki Gerd Hammer. And he was, in, like I said, regularly trained. And he loved medicine. He was a brilliant man in that he developed many patents like for surgery he was a very forward thinker his wife was also a physician and they received a phone call one day that their teenage son had been accidentally shot while on vacation i mean if you can imagine as a parent and as physicians they rushed to their son's side and over a three-month journey of amputations and all kinds of operations and things, his son, their son passed away in their arms. And this was 1978. So this is a long time ago. Um, and short time after that, the doctor was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Now, this is a guy who has always been extremely healthy. He'd never had a major, any major sickness looks at what happens. He was a very intuitive man as well. And he's looking at, I just had this big, huge shot and now I've got cancer. There's got to be a correlation there. Now he's not going to mind body spirit like you and I might. Mm -hmm. He's a physician. He's but, going but, to classically trained information. But mm -hmm. something, something triggered in him that some event that was shocking is specifically the loss of, of, of a family member like this. Right. And then the following is this manifestation of a serious cancer specific that men would go, Oh, I'm paying attention to this. Right. And, and so his trigger event opened him up, even though you talk about not necessarily full into body, mind, spirit, but something opened right. up from a physician perspective to let a little bit of healing light in. I'm, I'm imagining. And where did it lead that from there? Right. It didn't make sense to him that he'd always been so healthy. And then the only thing different in his life, diagnosed with cancer was this shocking event. So just logically, that's where he had to go because that's what made sense. So this was the early 80s. And in the early 80s, they had the new toy called the CT scan. So he was working at the University of Munich by this point and with cancer uh, patients. And he did CT scans of all of them, including himself. And what he realized was that everyone had some sort of targeted ring formation somewhere in their brain in different lo locations. He's like, hmm, and he had one too. 
So he's thinking about this, thinking, what the heck is this circle in my brain doing? So he started to talk with his patients. Imagine that. And all of the men who had testicular cancer, like he had had, he had gotten through surgery and he was fine now. But all of these men had experienced a very profound loss in their life prior to their diagnosis, just like Dr. Hammer had had. So that, that's what we would call a clue. But that's, most a, that's a huge clue, isn't yeah, it? Yes. Most physicians are taught not to look for clues because they will link to, let's say, causes that are not generally recognized or if they are acknowledged, it would alter the practice of their bread and butter, so-called pharmaceutical medicine. So this Correct. is really setting the stage for this guy's going to, is he going to become the enemy of allopathic medicine soon? What's oh yeah. Now? You think? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. So he starts to piece it all together, right? Talking with all of his patients. And he realized that by looking at their CT scan, by talking to them about their medical history and talking to them about their what's gone on in your life, he correlated it all and realized that everyone who had the lesion in the same area in the brain, the same location, had all experienced some kind of conflict shock, what he calls a conflict shock, and they all had the same diagnosis of cancer. There were no exceptions. It was 100% accurate. Well, I don't know about you, Robert, nothing in medicine is 100%, nothing. Nothing, not even in holistic health is mm -hmm. 100%. But in this, it is 100%. And you called it conflict what? Conflict shock. Conflict it's a shock. biological shock, which is different than trauma, emotional trauma. So the difference is that a conflict shock rises to the level of a conflict shock from trauma when it, there are three criteria that are met. And that is it's unexpected. You can't prevent it. You can't prepare for it. You're caught on the wrong foot hmm. and you're just unprepared for it. So that's when your psyche, your deep subconscious, the a part of yourself that's a deep subconscious part, which is hardwired for survival. It says, uh oh, we're caught off guard here. This could be dangerous. Let's adapt this organism to make changes so we can survive this. That's different, like I said, than an emotional trauma that does not do that. We call, you know, this is something that I talk about often in terms of chronicity and chronic disease, the adaptation syndrome, Hans Selye acknowledged. Yeah. Um, and I think about this adaptation, though, people would say, well, that doesn't seem like a great adaptation, adaptation for survival. These men have testicular cancer after a, a shock event or, a, you know, a conflict shock. And so I'm like, Okay, how do we explain that, why it manifests as a cancer, specifically this case, or as we go through this hour together, I know this is just early on, it's, it's not like we're going to be super comprehensive, but that's also why we have your website link for people yep. that want to go further today. But to get some of these basic concepts down, uh, a conflict shot leading to a, a, a manifestation of something we like, we don't want that. <laughs> why did that happen? And so talk a little bit more about the relationship. That's a, that's a really great question because we have been taught wrong information about our body. Mm. We've been taught to fear our bodies. We've been taught to fear our symptoms. And so, of course, why would we want this? If we were not taught that, then we would embrace, oh, my gosh, I'm finally healing. I know what my conflict shock was. 
I know how my body adapted and now I know what my healing phase will be. That is perfect empowerment. We don't have that today. So you're, you, if I understood what you just said, that manifestation of a, a, the cancer in these men would be linked to that. When you realize it was linked to that conflict shock, then your focal point on healing is to go back to that conflict shock and somehow, what, dissipate it? No, you, you've already resolved it. If you're okay. in the healing phase, so you have symptoms, most symptoms are in the healing phase. There are two phases. Then you realize, I've already resolved this. Just support your body. Stay out of fear and you will finish this program and you will be fine. So this guy who started German New Medicine, I'm going to say it that way, then began to, I imagine, see, hey, are there other events that are leading to other things that we can remedy and find a pattern that has emerged to undo that pattern of disease in, in bodies everywhere? Yes. So he then spent the next number of years mapping out the entire brain and mapping it all back from looking at CT scans and looking at a person's health history and what the diagnosis was. And he was able to correlate every single circle in the brain with what program is running, what allopathy would call a disease. So we know from looking at a symptom what the conflict shock was. We know what happens in the conflict active phase when we're upset. And then we also know what to expect in the healing phase, which is known as a, you know, being sick, if you will. So all of that is laid out. It's not a mystery. If you look at the chart behind me, this is some of his work. It maps out the entire brain by germ layer. And that is because embryologists were the ones who confirmed his work decades ago. Wow. So let's uh, give equal, uh, let's say, support to our female watchers and listeners. Uh, you mentioned a specific uh, shock type event manifesting as a specific disease affecting men. Can yep. you give an example for women that is a common pattern that people will go, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I recognize that. What would come to sure. mind first when, you, when we go there? Oh, man. Well, we have two breast programs. So looking at those, those are super common. The most common one is the ductal breast program that runs. The conflict shock that causes this is known as a separation conflict. Something has been torn from my breast, something that I love, someone that I love, I'm separated from. So it's no wonder that most you know, breast cancers occur in their early 40s when what's happened, well, our kids have gone off to college. Now we've got empty nest. That's just one example. But it's a separation conflict. So when you're upset with this issue that's occurring, you're losing cells in your breast ducts. That is normal. That is natural. Once it's resolved, we then replenish those cells. That's what they call cancer. It's not. It is like a scab that's simply healing you. And then we finish that and we're back to our normal day-night circadian rhythm. So, so it's not what we think it is. If you're just tuning in, uh, Andy Lockmears is my guest this hour, and we're talking German New Medicine. And you also use this phrase, uh, Germanic, if you will. And maybe that's to expand to say, well, it's not only for Germans, but the origin. Right, right. Well, it's out of Germanic healing knowledge is, Germanische Heilkunde is what Dr. Hammer called it. Okay. Now, the closest way we can translate that is to Germanic healing knowledge. And it's not a direct translation, but it's kind of the best we can do. Okay. So Germanic are the ancient people of Europe. The Anglo-Saxons were part of the Germanic tribe. So the ancient indigenous cultures in Europe. So think of Native Americans here in America. Well, we're talking about the native people in Europe. 
That's so weird. how did he tie it into uh, the ancient ones, so to speak? Did he start? Well, he grew up. He yeah. grew up in that area, in the Frisian okay. area in Germany. And so he was very much attuned with the cycles of the earth, like the native cultures are. Mm -hmm. And that's when he realized when he discovered the five biological laws that he discovered that are true for all species, he could see them directly link to also the cycles of the earth and of nature. And he realized that we are a creature. We are as much a part of nature as any tree or rock mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, I see our problem is one of disconnect. Uh, disconnect from source and of course source nature yes. creation uh, and that um, as I've said one of my conclusions as, as a healer for many years now is that my role or goal as a healer and I try to communicate this to fellow healers whatever background they claim to have doctor official or not is to reconnect people to the source of all healing yes and that is their source that is yes. you know some would call it God nature whatever I, I I don't think God cares what you call it but the point is it's a connection to source and that is that we are part of that very thing we try to disconnect ourselves from or say we are somehow above and beyond it and we violate it we do all things to destroy it and wonder hey i wonder why we're having problems here right exactly exactly i'm with you there it's been an amazing journey for myself just learning this and reconnecting with what i know to be true as far as myself my own you know belief system and everything mm -hmm. So it's it's a fabulous journey and it's one that I encourage everyone to take because it is incredibly empowering. It sounds to me that uh, you wouldn't have to be a medical doctor to do this. In fact, it might help if you're not. You'd have a lot less to deprogram from that. Oh, any, anybody absolutely. who has an inclination to healing or maybe it's just a personal thing. I want to help myself. I'm not I'm not really want to set up as a healer, but perhaps this is also something for those that are already in the healing arts and sciences could integrate into their practice to, for more efficiency, I'm imagining. Absolutely, yes. I work with all kinds of practitioners of, of any many modalities, from energy work to physicians to um, hypnotherapists, homeopathists. I work with so many different holistic type practitioners and healthcare providers to, to teach them how to integrate it with they, what they already know. So I'm a traditional naturopath, and what I had to do is once I learned this, I had to go back wellness center and relearn how to use everything in accordance with the two biological phases that occur for every human. Right. So it, it takes some integrating with what you already know, but once you integrate, you're much more effective with your clients. Yeah. Integration as opposed to disintegration. We, we see that all of the time in the distancing ourselves from our essence, if you will, or our origin point. Disintegration is how we are divide, divide and conquer uh, in right. that context as well. And of course, disease seems like it takes the ease and disconnects it from us. That yes, ease, absolutely. Right? All of that makes sense to me. Uh, now, part of the nature, natural world is, uh, you know, that we are poisoning. We're poisoning ourselves because we are part of that. Uh, and I, I got to mention uh, something out there for you gardeners and th those people around the house that don't like the bugs around the house, what to do safely. And then also, Andy, I want to talk about your website and the things available there. And for those that aren't sure, if you come over to robertscatbell.com, we have links in the show notes of today's July 20th, 2022 show. And it takes you to andylockmears.com, A-N-D-I-L-O-C-K-E-M-E-A-R-S. And uh, is Lock a, a middle name or a last name that's before marriage? It was my middle name, my birth middle name. Okay, because yes. I, I always uh, admired the writings of John Locke, L-O-C-K-E. Yes, yes. Uh, in terms of a that. Distant ancestor. 
Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. uh, folks, uh, if you're out there gardening and you're getting some pests now, look at the quality of the soil. That's a big uh, kind of a clue as well. But in the meantime, to manage it safely, don't add toxic poisons, please. Just like the drugs the doctors are doing, um, toxic pesticides are part of a big part of our problem. And so our friend uh, Tor McPartland developed the delimonene, which is out of nature. It's what uh, the citrus fruit has in it, in the, in the peel, distilled it out, and it's used to protect it. And we can use that at home, around the house, safely. The kids won't be harmed. The pets won't be harmed. Only little ants, creepy crawlers that you don't want if you want to have it. And your house will smell like oranges or your garden. And you can see me even in my greenhouse with it. And I only grow things organically. Uh, so uh, it is OMRI listed for organic agriculture as well. Uh, orangeguard.com or and or you can uh, go out to your local ace hardware for those of you in the united states to have those they are uh, independently typically locally owned and they have the orange guard there despite the fact that all of these big box retailers are still carrying glyphosate and roundup it's unfortunate but if y'all stop buying that stuff they'll stop selling it if we look for the government to solve a problem that's our problem of our creation we're waiting and waiting and waiting like Godot. he never shows up if anybody knows that play um so also uh, upcoming events, we have a bunch of them. The next one coming up August 6th in Pittsburgh. Thanks to Nutritional Frontiers, I'll be hanging out with my good friends, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Tracy Straup, Len Brankowitz, and uh, Jamie Dorley. And you can go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. And I think they may be selling out, but I'd love to see in Pittsburgh if you can join us there. If not, you can also watch online. There's online ticket sales available, and they're at nutritionalfrontiers.com. And uh, we got a bunch else uh, beyond that. Autism One in Mesa, Arizona, that's happening the 18th through the 21st of August. And, uh, of course, the big one that we're all looking forward to later on in the year is the Health Freedom Expo, middle of October, outside of Chicago. Far enough outside of Chicago, you'll be okay at the uh, uh, Tinley Park Convention Center. Andy, have you been to the Health Freedom Expos at all before? I haven't. I'm dying to go to one of them. Oh, it'd be great to to meet you there. And, and yes. I don't know that people have spoken. I, I think Carolyn Dean has spoken at some of these over the years. I just don't remember if the topic included the German new medicine as much right. as uh, she knows about that today. So just planting the seed for that as well, as we totally. like to uh, always embrace new ways of looking and thinking and, and uh, really empowering people to get well and stay well. So the question I have for you about your website uh, it, there's a, a lot of drop down menus. There's even services, consultations and things. Uh, we also have a link to, I believe, a, uh, a class that you teach. Seems like a, it's a, a master class. It's only 20 bucks, which is great to try yeah. it out. Um, is this something that if people want to go further, is it also helpful if they just want to help themselves? Yeah. So the, the premise of this is that it's, it, first of all, it's not modality. It is not something you do per se. It is a new definition of biology, uh, physiology, pathology, psychiatry, psychology, and behavioral issues. So learning this is the therapy is in the knowledge of it. So the more that you learn it, the more you understand how, how you work with it and use it in your, in your own body and your own health. So I teach it because that's the, the best thing to do. A single consultation isn't going to give you what you need. We're speaking different languages. That's okay. not going to work. You have to speak the language. So I do a basic course called Beyond Holistic Medicine. And that is where everyone starts because it gives you the five biological laws. It lays the foundation. Mm -hmm. That foundation is really, really important. You and mentioned here, the five biological laws. Is it, is it okay to bullet point them or will it just confuse people? 
No, I don't think it's it would be confusing. Okay. I mean, there's a lot to it that I won't sure. cover, but the first one is that every disease is it initiates from the conflict shock, which I've mentioned earlier. Yeah. The second one is that there's two phases to every program that runs. There's the conflict active phase after the shock. Let's say you've lost your job suddenly. It's like, oh no, how am I going to put food on the table? So now you're conflict active. You're growing cells, losing cells, or losing functioning somewhere in the body. And that's your tissue adaptation. Let's say two months later, you get another job. Now you've resolved that. But now your body needs to return to homeostasis, to balance. So if you grew cells for two months, you now need to break those down. There's pain, swelling, and inflammation with that. If you lost cells for two months, you'll now replenish those cells. There's pain, swelling, and inflammation with those. If you lost functioning of an organ, you'll now regain it. So that's what we call being sick. This is the healing phase. This has got to be uh, so annoying for anybody that knows what you know in German New Medicine to try and communicate this with people, as you point out. It's like, I, I get what you're saying now. Uh, there's a real language barrier here in how you perceive disease that's so, ra I would say it, radically different. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think it's a good thing. It's like, we all need to learn new language. And I've talked about in my journey to healing, and he was learning the language of my cells, which the doctors called symptoms that needed to be squashed or suppressed or censored. And they did that with right. drugs. So the right. entire lesson from medicine was like, if you have a symptom, get rid of it, get rid of it. Who cares <laughs> why it's there? it matters not. And we'll do anything, including poison you to get rid of it. And, right. and so that's, you know, your primitive preschool understanding that doctors have of, of what so-called healing that's not healing, but even in holistic thought form what you're talking about is also different it is and, and it's not it that is. it's uh, let, let, i don't sense that it would destroy people's understanding totally but it certainly transforms the way you look at it it transforms yeah. it and that's why yeah. i mentioned that when if you're a holistic practitioner you have to use your tools and skills and knowledge in a new way right and right. when you do you're more effective so we yes. have the two phases in the second we got the one conflict shock, two, two phases, conflict active and a conflict resolution or resolve. You resolve phase. it and then okay. you're in the second phase and that's the PCL phase, the post-conflict phase or the healing phase. Yep. Is that considered part of the, the second phase here we're talking that's, about? That is the second phase. The healing phase is the second phase. Post-conflict healing. Post-conflict phase is the healing phase. Yes. I, I'm saying it like this in a very slow, methodical way, not to replace what people may engage with you on, but just to have a kind of a, a framework an outline that kind of gives people a basic way in. I think this is good. Right. So thank you for right. rolling with me on that. And then yeah. not to jump too quickly, but then we go to this out of the five biological laws. Do we transition to the third one? So the third one will be that there are three germ layers and that all of our organs and tissues are grown from these three germ layers when we're way back as a very tiny embryo. And what Dr. Hammer's work, with, it tied embryology with the biological laws he's discovered in that he discovered the different parts of the brain that control each organ. Mm. And that's what the chart is behind me. We've got three germ layers and we know what part of the brain controls each part. So in other words, a heart attack happens in the brain. A cough happens in the brain. 
Now the associated relay is also affected, the associated organ, but it's all led by what we discover in the brain. Yeah. So now the pushback from folks, I can hear them now. is like, what do you mean uh, heart attacks in the brain, right? It's a whole new concept. Believe me, just, just right. roll with it. She, it just, yeah, yeah. yeah I just at this point, because I can, you know, feel the uh, opposition and objection to these concepts because they're, they're very new for a lot of folks, even holistically inclined. And it's just yeah. a fascinating depth to, to which we can kind of maybe see connections we didn't see before that this guy brought out and that. You know, many people, including some of my friends, have been utilizing for years. So I am truly fascinated by this, this journey. So within that third phase where you talk about the three germ layers associated with what part of the brain controls what organs, yeah. uh, how, are, how are we utilizing that? Because we're also used to saying, all right, how does that lead to a remedy or remedies? And that might be the wrong question. Yeah. Let me go a little further with the biological laws and let me come back to that. Mm -hmm. The fourth biological law is that our microbes are our friends. We don't want to get rid of our microbes because in the healing phase, if we had cell growth in the conflict active phase, then in the healing phase, the microbes break down those extra cells. They are natural microsurgeons. So we want to keep our microsurgeons intact and getting rid of them with a lot of antibiotics or chemo, things like that, that destroy our natural biome. That's not beneficial for us. We need them. We need them to help us to be healthy and make it through that healing phase. The fifth biological law is called the quintessence in that every dis-ease is always because our body is adapting to help us during times of distress. There's nothing wrong or bad about any symptom. It's all part of the amazing creative plan of our body to survive. And that's how we're hardwired. And that's what the quintessence brings us. So when we come back to healing, it's about understanding, okay, what program is running in my body? Did I have cell growth or cell loss in the conflict active phase? That's going to determine then what I do in my healing phase to help myself finish this program once and for all. And that's where I may bring in some homeopathy. I may bring in some herbs. I might go get a massage. Mm -hmm. But once I understand what's going in in my body, I then understand how do I support it so I think this once and for all. Uh, on any of these five uh, biological laws, do any of them encompass or embrace the idea of our allopathic brethren saying that you must have a deficiency in any of these toxicological compounds, these components that are clearly toxic to the body, drugs? Right, right. So I'm going to say if you're in an accident and they need to do surgery and use some drugs to put you back together so you will survive, sure, I'm all for that. Emergent medicine is perfect, and that's a perfect use of this. So same conclusion in terms of where does allopathic medicine belong in trauma, uh, wartime medicine to yeah. keep you know someone who would otherwise immediately die in trauma. And, right. And, okay. Uh, right, and, exactly. And, right. So the challenge is that when we have high blood pressure. Oh, now I've got medication to manage that. It's not managing at all. It's making it so you can't resolve that program. It's now running your body instead of allowing your body's natural biological programs to finish by themselves. Hmm. Well, this is very honoring, certainly to the body. Uh, yeah. it, it is something that maybe some folks out there, you're resonating with this. And I know that we're only skimming the surface, even though we hit the five kind of basics. But I just yeah. at least wanted to have a framework to kind of move forward as we explore this some more. We have somebody uh, that's watching on Facebook. 
I think that had commented as well in the chat room there because we're on some, somehow we got back on Facebook. But someone from <laughs> Elemental Health says Andy Lockmears is my mentor and teacher. I would recommend her educational course. She has changed my life and practice. Oh, is that is that you like your mother saying that or your daughter? That's saying, not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is no longer with us. So yeah. not my mom, not no. my family. It's, it's nice, though, that you, you got people that are working with you. They're saying, yes, uh, this has been real helpful. And that's what we talked about. Who do you who do you go to for support and in, in taking steps? You put yourself out there in that way. So obviously you have an inclination to help and help people integrate uh, uh, to this type of thought form or consciousness or paradigm, if you will, right. in healing. And it sounds like it's very uh, complementary to all the things, as you said, people that are already holistically inclined could begin to see things in a little different way that might guide them to choices right. that might be the same because they get great results and explains it, or it might be somewhat different. It's like, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't realize that connection. And it adds to your arsenal, not to speak in terms of warfare terminology, but sometimes that that is the language that we use, but giving you a tool, another tool in your toolkit, in other words. Did we freeze up, Andy? Did we? Did Andy just freeze up there, Super Don? Yeah, I noticed her. Uh, Robert, I'm having a thunderstorm here that's affecting my connection right now. Yeah, it is. We can actually see the connection wobbling. And I don't know where in German New Medicine we would describe what's happening right now, but a thunderstorm is overall a good thing, just not good for internet connectivity when we're doing a live video and audio interview. Yes. Okay. Now I see you and hear you. I'm sorry. I didn't get any of that. <laughs> uh, no problem. Like I said, your internet's coming in and out because of that uh, storm. And I was just saying how important storms yeah. are. I love the sound of thunder. I don't get it as much as I used to when I was in the deep South. But there's a, a an ion exchange in the atmosphere that's quite extraordinary at those times. It's just it's not helpful for Internet connectivity for audio and video interviews. That's right, unfortunately. <laughs> so I greatly appreciate what you're bringing to our attention here. And I and I'm grateful for the patience of those who've been saying you need to talk about this topic. And yeah. it's like all these things come around in their own time. I have not been averse to discussing it. It's just between me and Super Don coordinating guests. That's been a limiting factor. And, you know, Kevin Tuttle, our buddy, has been great at uh, giving us the ability to access more folks like yourself that have interesting information that we, you know, try to cover. I would love to cover more often. And we are now getting to that. So, again, I thank you for all That's that you're great. doing. Looks like your yep. connection's strong again. Let's see if, if it holds so we can continue on here. It looks better. Yes, absolutely. Good. You know, one thing that would be maybe fascinating for your viewers is to talk about what we call constellations. Mm -hmm. And that's when we get into the realm of, you know, what allopathy will call mental health, behavioral issues, mood disorders like depression. Dr. Hammer, once he figured out the entire physiology of the brain, the anatomy of the brain from his perspective, he then turned himself at his attention to to those issues. He looked at the physical, figured all those out. He's looking at the mental and he figured those all out as well. So he discovered that when we have a conflict active phase in one hemisphere, and then we have another conflict shock that occurs and it impacts in the other hemisphere, our hemispheres now vibrate out of sync with each other. So there's an immediate behavioral change and it's usually fairly obvious. People will see that. Or maybe it's a mood disorder or maybe it's a behavior that mm -hmm. is, is um, exemplified right there. It's displayed. 
something that maybe isn't very appropriate. So we, he, like I said, he went and looked at all of that. So when we look at the past few years and we see an increase in the different kinds of mental illness going on, we can see clearly why that is from a GNM, GHK perspective. Hmm. When we look at, say, the frontal lobe constellation, which is frontal fear, what's going to happen? And powerless, there's nothing I can do. That leads to what we call anxiety. Hmm. So that's just one example of the constellations he discovered. And Andy, I imagine if he were alive today, is he? I mean, it's been many years since this came out, a long time ago, right? Right. He he developed it over the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about even just the, what you ted, said about what we call the microbiome today. That was so far ahead of it, <laughs> recognizing the importance of the you know the microbiological life forms. If that dog is excited now as we're getting more Sorry. into this subject. But I, I think about the, uh, we call the conflict shock that has been almost universal in the last two and a half years surrounding the COVID crisis or scamdemic, plandemic, depending on your perspective on it, right. how it's impacted younger people in an unprecedented way that we've never grown up with. You know, unless you're in a wartime, war-torn conflict regions, there's a, obviously a conflict shock that you grow up with that's unique and different than most Americans have experienced. But if we talk about now the last two and a half years, how is this going to manifest or how is it manifesting with the view from the paradigm of Germanic uh, perspectives or German new medicine? Yeah. Well, we definitely see the uptick in things like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So depression occurs, and this gets complicated, so I'm going to keep it super simple. When there's a right temporal lobe conflict shock, there are basically five of them. There's four conflict shocks in five relays. When one of those is impacted, then there's an immediate mood change. You're now looking inward instead of outward. And it's what we what could be called depression. At some point, it may be called depression. It's an inner looking versus an outer looking. Mm. The other side to that is the left temporal lobe. This is more the manic side. And manic isn't like going crazy. Manic is just you're happy, you're in a good mood, you're driven, you're goal oriented. So most of us in the developed world have constellations that are in each temporal lobe. And so we vacillate between the right and the left. We're manic, we're driven, oh, now we're down. Mm. Now we're driven and happy, now we're down. So depending on what just occurred, it got triggered, that program got triggered, and now your behavior or your mood changes. So, uh, Andy, if my brain is going, ay, 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 uh, and getting like headachey trying to keep up with all of this, I, I imagine this is what you have to go through in the training or education process. Is it also a matter maybe of reading something specific, a book or, or uh, something that you have that, that can help people? Because this is reprogramming, rewiring our view of right. these connections. Honestly, I feel it. I feel it as you're going through. I'm like, holy right. moly, this is a whole new level of seeing things in a different way. Not to the destruction necessarily, although there's some aspect of that when you learn something new, something else is, is replaced, but not necessarily to abandon the principles that have gotten you here because that work, but deepening the understanding of perhaps why they work or maybe even giving more insight into how to do even better in the future. Mm -hmm. 
Right, exactly. So you mentioned books, and we don't have a lot of books in English. Most of them are in German. We've got a few that you can get on Amazon that are good, but I'm, here's what I'm going to say is that you cannot learn this from a book. You can't learn it from a website. You can't learn it from a video. You can try, but you won't be able to because it's not a modality. And that's the important thing. It is an entire shift of paradigm, shift of perspective. And that takes processing. You have to process it with people. So I decided four or five years ago, I'm I going to write a book and teach this, or am I going to develop a class, a course where I can interact with people? And that's what I chose to do because mm -hmm. that's the most efficient, effective way to learn this. Um, I, let me just see. I'm kicking in quote GHK. Germanic healing knowledge. Somebody just posted in the chat room uh, a global summit of Germanic yeah. healing knowledge. So, you know right. Yes, I do. That I have a nonprofit organization, and not official nonprofit, but it's it's a labor of love that I started about four years ago as well, and invited a young woman, a young chiropractor, Dr. Melissa Sell, to join me in creating an organization for different kinds of practitioners and healthcare providers who use GNM GHK with their clients. Every year we put on a summit. So our fourth annual summit is coming up in October and it's going to be our best yet. It is free. It is available to everyone all over the world. Please mm. sign up for it. We'll have more information coming out soon on it, but it is a fabulous way to really learn this and ask questions as well. We'll have an open Q and A on this Saturday class so yeah it's the germanic healing knowledge global ghk global is is one of my babies mm -hmm. and it's a fabulous organization we we're now around the world it mm -hmm. started out as usa gnm mm -hmm. just for those of us in the united states and it very very quickly went international no this is so, wonderful quite honestly i'm just thrilled yeah. to, to connect with it thank you therese i believe that's in the uh, chat room uh, Teresa, us. thank you. Yeah, connecting us with that as well. I don't know. I apologize, Superdon. If that wasn't in the notes, add it there. It might already be there, but I'm, I'm catching up a little bit on this subject yes. and topic and, again, fascinated by it. As I knew I would be, it's just a matter of when, when in the in the scheme of all of these things. I these know, right? Out. There's so much going on in the world, but yes. Well, and I think part of the so much going on in the world is serving to break down some of the old ways of thinking and viewing the world and healing. And in fact, not just allopathic medicine, but even in what we call the holistic arts and sciences as well to say, Hey, right. there's exactly. always more to learn. And I've always exactly. said this when I reference the term experts, when we opened the show today, before I brought you on expert is such a kind of a fleeting word because you could be an expert at one moment and you find out everything you had an expertise in was wrong. Like, the cholesterol hypothesis of heart disease right. or the serotonin reduction issue associated causation hypothesis of depression. And right. you could be an expert in that. And like your expertise ain't worth squat here on that front. You know right. what I'm saying? It, it and really yet, isn't. Yeah. And, and, and so a lot of people have seen and have been shaken to the core because the institutions they had quote unquote faith in, yeah. even though that's a religious terminology, but people have faith in science mm -hmm. and religion. Uh, are realizing the, the 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 failure of those things to actually explain why or what ails us, if you will. Right. And Absolutely. so pushing ever forward means that we're never really an expert, except an expert in understanding there's always more to learn. Exactly. That's exactly. a good expert. 
That's a good expert, right? When you recognize there's always more. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about Germanische Heilkunde. I know a lot, but mm -hmm. I don't know everything. And yeah. it's, it's a lifetime of okay. learning. That being said, mm -hmm. anyone can learn the basics and use them right away. I got to so say, Germanische Heilkunde? Germanische Heilkunde, Germanic Healing Knowledge. Yes. My, my yep. wife can speak and read German, although it's been a while, but she could probably say it a lot better than me. That's but, awesome. But again, yes. the Germanic roots going way back in this regard, I think it's going to be of great benefit. It has been to so many and many that I know, in fact, and uh, we will begin to see if what we can do to integrate some of these thought forms here as well. And I'd love to hear from all y'all, especially if you, uh, look, you know, decide to you know work with Andy and take her up on some of these trainings or maybe participate in this event we mentioned as well. Uh, to see as you bring it in, like in our chat room, like when we talk about things, people ask questions all the time. Hey, can you help me with this? I'd be curious to see how the language might shift as people look at it differently. Exactly. Yes. And language is very powerful, Robert. You know, the language that we use can kill us, right? Mm. You get a diagnosis. You've got two months to live. Mm. You're dead in two months, oftentimes. And that was language. That was the language that started other programs in our body. So we're really big at we need to change our language away from fear. Mm -hmm. We should not be fearing our bodies. That is not part of Germanische Heilkunde. It's about embracing what's going on. What's the smartest thing I can do right now to support myself and then doing it. All right. Super Don, can you say Germanische Heilkunde? I want to <laughs> hear it. So I'm not the only one that's been paying attention or have you been snoozing this entire time? I just got to know. Because this is pretty intense stuff, Super D. I, I, it's okay if you have been. How you doing? Germanic. Gesundheit? Is that what, what, what was it you said? That's closer <laughs> than I thought. Hey? Yeah. Oh, it's something like that. Yeah. Farfig Nugent. I don't know. You got some German going, Farfig Nugent. Yeah. Yes. Well, the healing path or journey, Farfig Nugent. Yeah, I think I'm enjoying this. Uh, <laughs> even though, again, it's a challenge. I feel stretched by it in a good yeah. way, though. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm really glad about it. Good. I'm really glad it is. It is stretching, which is why you can't learn it from a book, a website, a video. You yeah. just can't. You can pick up pieces of it, but you have to process it to really understand it. And I hear some people in our audience, y'all just crazy. I don't know what you're saying. Y'all just crazy. I'm like, yeah, we're just crazy. That's okay, too. <laughs> I've been at right. this for a long time. And as I say, uh, yep. uh, if I am not willing to learn something new, then, you know, Super Don has the right to slap me around because um, that's the basis for this show is always, even though I know stuff, a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff, there's even more that I don't know. And if we maintain that level of humility in, in the path to healing, always, uh, we'll always be open to learn something that may, maybe gets us where we want to go a little bit more directly. That's uh, right. And, and uh, that's right. You know, some of us like to take journeys down calf paths of the mind, and that's part of our mm -hmm. process. But at a certain point, I, I talk about efficiency of action. If you want to, let's say, accomplish, name something way out here and you have a lingering ailment that causes you to be directed away from that goal, whatever it is you, you perceive you're here, here to do, that's been a big part of my journey to say, my gosh, this is what can bring us all together. You want to achieve something, but your body is kind of holding you back. What can we do to improve the functionality of it? And here, mm -hmm. what you've brought us today is another so-called layer, another germ layer yeah. of how to get there. Yeah. And this Another is not layer about germs like 
good germs and bad germs. It's not germ theory stuff. We're talking germ layer. That's a whole different discussion. Germ layer. That's different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's embryology. Yeah. So uh, Andy Lockmears, thank you for uh, joining and having patience with me as you communicated this uh, in, a, in a slow and methodical matter to get us started. Yeah. You're wonderful, Robert. This was a lot of fun. I look forward to more. <laughs>